Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Hello boys and girls, welcome to another edition of uh, um, Masala PTI. I think this is quarantine edition number two. I'm here uh, with my co-host uh, Ravi. This is Aravind. Ravi, uh, are you sending me my uh, winnings from our bet around when the sports will restart yet? Yeah, the checks in the mail, Aravind. <laughs> or, in, so, or so, in other words, the money is in PayPal or whatever <laughs> channel you desire because, uh, yeah, that was something that I have egg in, egg in my face. <laughs> So you had uh, you were shooting like uh, beginning of May. I said uh, middle of uh, June. I, I pretty much think both of us are probably wrong. Um, let's start with that. Um, when 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 do you think sports is coming back? It's looking to be further and further away. Uh, I still think uh, baseball probably slightly before basketball. Both of it, maybe sometime in July, if we are lucky. And one thing is NFL is pretending like nothing has happened and they're just continuing with life. So, but they, they, they're in the off season, right? They, it's going to be a while before they really start playing. But uh, where are you uh, right now as far as uh, sports coming back uh, is concerned? Yeah, now I'm, uh, you know, gu- uh, more gun shy than ever purely because of my first projection turning out to be so over-optimistic. So I agree with you that I think baseball is the sport that's probably going to come back first. Basketball, I candidly don't even have any expectations anymore. Mm-hmm. Football, or the NFL in particular, I feel it's a more a case of the start of the season being so far away that uh, you know the think tank is just being optimistic knowing that they don't have to think of Right, uh, you know, not having a season start on time for at least another month or so. Right, but uh, there is no realistic way, candidly, that I see even NFL uh, starting uh, at its usual end of August, early September uh, time frame. Uh, and maybe Definitely. again, now I'm being kind of I'm course correcting to being overly no. pessimistic, but but that's where I stand. No, I think you're right. I I think realistically what I feel is uh, we may be in some form uh, back to semi-normal, right? Even in July, if there is no like subsequent waves and things like that of this pandemic. Let's assume for a a minute that there won't be like waves uh, attacking us of this, uh, you know, uh, pandemic and spikes in cases and things like that. I would think that life itself may be slowly returning to normalcy uh, around July. But here's the problem I'm seeing, Ravi. Unless there is enough testing, I can't see how uh, we as a society will be fine wasting, quote-unquote, wasting hundreds of tests on these athletes so that they can play, right? I think logistically, that's going to be the biggest challenge. When people are still complaining about lack of testing, they cannot just uh, test like 150 basketball players 
every two weeks or something like that. Because the way I see this happening is they have to start with testing, quarantine slash testing, and then they may have to repeat that periodically. Don't you think so? Yes, yes, Arvind. I think that's a really good point you make because I think the issue here on timing is less about the clinical uh, spread or the lack thereof and more the psychological or the emotional or the PR element of this. And totally agree with you that in order for it to be considered safe, the athletes and everyone that's working that particular sport has to be tested, but you cannot give with a straight face a mission-critical answer or, or a logical uh, response stating that that testing of athletes or other professionals that are going to be uh, you know involved in that sport is more mission critical than that of the millions of other citizens who are looking to get tested and are being refused to do to be done so far. exactly so, and that's that's coming from both of us who totally value the you know role sports plays in bringing us back to normalcy and all of that right even given that it just doesn't make sense unless we have like ubiquitous testing where i can right. i can walk into a uh, somebody was saying this i don't even know if it's true apparently uh, in israel you could be walking into a grocery store and they the, somebody may randomly test you outside and tell you whether you are positive or not right unless we have that level of penetration of testing it just doesn't make sense to just subject Definitely. Right? whole bunch of people. You know, again, you bring up something that's uh, so telling because I was just going to, as a counterpoint, or not a counterpoint, as a point in validation to our general stance on this and as a counterexample to the Israel example that you just mentioned, I was going to quote that, uh, uh, as you know, my wife uh, works at Kaiser and one of the things she's been saying is that they, as a rule, have been refusing um, patients to be screened or tested until the fifth telephonic conversation, wherein they can be, they can they can be assured of the fact that a patient or basically the member calling in right. has basically five stages of acceptance of their conditions before they are allowed to be tested. So we are exactly. talking about that level of scarcity. Yeah, yeah. actually, That's can she even get tested as a doctor who is? No, in the, yeah, only but, only if she's able. So, and again, very interesting. You mentioned that. So, they have kind of three locations. These healthcare professionals now that they are working. One is in the clinics where they are primarily handling virtual telehealth, or in some cases face to face, you know, patients, but at a fair level of distance. The second is are working from home purely telemedicine. The third is the one where you are rounding at the hospitals and likely to see some actual patients. Only the third of those locational shifts qualifies you to be tested. Okay. So that's that really is actually, you know, uh, the biggest problem I see is uh, how are they going to ration these testing to these athletes, umpires, referees, etc., 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 right? Uh, because if you want to play, there's not just the players involved. There's almost like oh, tens of support staff and other people around them. And the other issue I see, Ravi, is typically, you know, the, the whole Rudy Gobert thing, right? What if another guy falls sick in the middle of their uh, reboot? Then what, right? Uh everybody's you know playing the you know second round of the nba playoffs and then suddenly you know ricky dudley yeah. test positive then then what you do so 
uh, and you know that's uh, you know, I agree with you there. And in the Rudy Gobert example you mentioned, there's also the fact that he kind of act, acted a little bit clownish, which also was then kind of absorbed. He was absorbed of whatever he did because no one knew anything better. No one knew how to actually act or react or kind of behave, uh, given this brand new disease or brand new ailment. But the next time around, people would either be educated or think that they know how to behave or how they expect someone else to behave. So the last thing you want is to kind of restart. And this applies to normal life as well, but especially in the sports uh, scenario that we are talking about, you don't want people to get back together and then become, you know, 100% overcognizant about their environment and start behaving more carefully, cautiously, start kind of, you know, blaming people for coughing in their face. I'm just using specific example. But, you know, so, so even basically, you know, tightening themselves up so much that you're not talking about normal people behaving normally. True, that's a good point. Even though I think uh, most of these guys want to play because they want the paychecks. Uh, but at the same time, if they are not going to be in their uh, normal, natural uh, behavior, that's a weird situation too. By the way, I amused myself that I called uh, Jared Dudley, Ricky Dudley. So <laughs> that's how much removed we are from sports right now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, speaking of uh, Ricky Dudley, let's pivot a little bit to... Uh, uh, football, uh, Ravi, because that's the only sport which seems to be at least in a semi-normal uh, path towards uh, their season because their season doesn't start until, you know, September, uh, which also, like you were saying uh, offline when we were chatting, I think they may have to start with some form of uh, a late preseason or no preseason and maybe without fans and things like that even for the regular season but anyway that's a topic for another day at least they're going to have their uh, uh, draft Uh, they're trying to pretend like this is normal as much as they can and as long as they're being safe uh, I don't have any complaints about that so one of the things Ravi I wanted to talk about was I wanted to rank the three uh, big shifts in quarterback uh, locations. The top one being, of course, Tom Brady at uh, Tampa Bay, uh, followed by Philip Rivers at uh, Indy and uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, moving to uh, Carolina. How do you see these three? And, uh, uh, you know, I want to basically rank them at their new spots, right? The... My ranking would be Brady, basically, uh, uh, Tampa Bay is probably, if you put a gun to my head, it would be my top choice. And the interesting one is between Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Phil Rivers. I think Bridgewater is going to surprise some people. Uh, I feel like he's a kind of a steady hand who is going to get the job done. Uh, I would pick him too and, uh, you know, Philip Rivers, I think, is going to have the highest uh, unpredictability among the three, and uh, I am tempted to rank him three. How do you, how do you see these uh, old QBs in new spots? Yeah, interesting, interesting question, Arvind. And typically, you know, when I look at uh, 
rating or assessing quarterbacks i think of three variables one is the you know the coaching situation you know whether the coach is someone that can basically design plays that a quarterback feels comfortable in or you know has a playbook or it need not even be excess and o's but in general how good a coach is the second is the number of quality talent around the quarterback you know at key positions mm-hmm. skills wise like rb wide receiver tight end etc but also in terms of the efficiency of the line and the last but obviously not the least is the quarterback himself how skilled or how you know talented as well as how experienced he is so without any doubt i would agree with you on number 1 i think brady has the uh, has the best balance of those three variables for me i mean he's obviously arguably the best quarterback of all time so the talent uh, slash pedigree is not in question i think in terms of his supporting talent can't get any better than uh, godwin and evans and right uh, hopefully a rejuvenated oj howard or whoever whoever else they have mm-hmm. uh, and then arians let's be honest i mean arians the there's always been a 50 50 opinion about him but no one doubts the fact that he's been a quarterback whisperer and a, and an offensive uh you know uh quality coach uh, so that way i think he's he's on steady brady to me is definitely number one i differ from you in terms of the two and three i mean reverse is the biggest question mark i feel in terms of his own skill set i feel he's definitely not as as steady a hand as uh, uh as uh, uh, bridgewater but to me Indy represents a stabler situation if at least from my perspective Reich you know definitely inspires more confidence in me than the Carolina coaching structure uh, and then Indy I feel again uh, their offensive line was what number 1 or 2 last year yeah. they have a solid running game uh, they have a you know they have a decent set of receivers who don't wow you but I think they are good enough to keep a quarterback busy so that way i feel reverse will be slightly better going in than bridgewater who i think you're right is as you know steady as a rock uh, it's just that the carolina environment and the coaching especially is one that i feel there are too many open questions around that's that's a fair point um the the coaching i actually like the indy situation a lot better However, I've always been a fan of uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater and I am really excited to see him with uh, that new situation as well. But you're right, there's a lot of question mark. We don't know, we don't even know what that offense and coaching staff is going to look like on game days. Um, Along those, you know, with those three, actually, we should also be talking about two other guys who should be in their new sport. parts uh, by that i mean cam newton and james winston but for some reason ravi both of them are still unemployed which is really kind of surprising i i'm i'm at a loss as to explain what is going on there uh, the market seems to be really soft for uh, both of them uh, any any thoughts on what uh's going on there and of course the main question i wanted to us to discuss is if you're one of those teams that is that has a spot for a quarterback even a starting quarterback or you want to at least open it up for competition who among those two would you be interested in uh, personally right i i see some news around how the uh, patriots of course are in the mix at least for uh, cam i think and then uh, how the steelers could 
pick one of them to be uh, Ben's eventual successor and things like that. So I wanted to hear your ranking on that and I will give you mine after that. But before that, uh, why do you think these guys are even, you know, sitting out there without any kind of a serious offer? I'm absolutely bamboozled by that as well, Arvind. And here's here's the thing. The impulsive thought in my mind when uh, free agency started was that because of this whole quarantine-driven clampdown that exists, people will be, or rather the NFL think tank will be on overdrive to find more creative ways to sign people. And we saw a little bit of that right as free agency started. I mean, Hopkins and David Johnson, and then even as recently as a couple of days ago with Brandon Cooks getting traded. Some big names getting traded, some big names getting signed. So that should have, what that should have spelled is as soon as Cam gets released, he finds a taker. On the contrary, it feels like these two guys are living in a completely different cocoon where no one wants to touch them. It almost feels like, you know, uh, they are an afterthought now, right? And the th- the and it, it also then segues to who I consider to be more of a kind of a mind number, and that is uh, Cam. To me, Cam is, and we discussed it at the last part as well. To me, Cam is probably one lack of injury away from still being among the top three to five QBs in the league. He suffered some. Pretty, uh, you know, bad uh, r- rushes of luck in terms of his injury the last couple of years. But other than that, I didn't see any decrease in his uh, strength, uh, power, elusiveness, quickness. He basically was the de facto one A running back for every Carolina team, uh, you know, in the last few years. So I don't see anything that would prevent him from retaining who he was four years ago. Mm. James has always been a question mark. He's turnover prone. You know, he kind of, that whole dubious record that Cousin Sal and Bill were aiming for him to go for just 30 <laughs> INTs along with 30 TDs. I think that's a, that's a, almost like one of those stigma logos. Uh, you know, I don't see how he's any different or worse than an Eli Manning at his best. But <laughs> for some reason, there seems to be this stigma associated with Janus that he's, uh, you know, unbelievably turnover prone. So right. that's his, pro- that's the problem that he's going to have to, you know, get over. But Cam, I mean, I'm just dumbfounded by the fact that uh, Cam is not on a team. Yeah, so, uh, you know, even Chargers, who for some reason seem to be really interested in just uh, checking out Tyrod Taylor and seeing how they look with him. I'm really surprised even Chargers are not going after these guys. I wonder, Ravi, if one of the problems with Cam, at least, is that uh, during these lockdown times, they're not able to really do a you know physical evaluation of him and things like that because he's coming off an injury i wonder if that's a problem actually i wonder if that's a problem with both of these guys as they are really not able to bring them in and you know check them out physically and yeah things like that but i i do differ with you a little bit on this because um yeah i agree with you cam is uh, a former MVP who could probably elevate to that level if the situation is right and if he's back from his injury. But, you know, the clock has hit 30 uh, on him. You know, he's 30 years old. And I, I, I personally feel like 
I would rather gamble on Jameis, given his age. And, you know, even when he threw that 30 interceptions, he also had 30 touchdowns. There is, I feel like there is something there that can be uh, tapped into. And just with a little bit more discipline, I feel like the ceiling is pretty high there. Uh, I agree with you, the ceiling is high for Cam as well. But he's older and he has never really been that accurate. And, uh, you know, he's, he's also coming off an injury. I, to me, I feel like some of this is situational. If I have, uh, for instance, if I am Pittsburgh, right, I would rather bring in Jameis because, you know, he can sit behind Ben. You know, you could actually bring him along slowly and maybe use him as a quarterback of a future. Uh, whereas if it's the Pats, right, I think I tend to agree with you. Maybe Cam is the better fit there because you are looking for somebody to win the Super Bowl even possibly this year and maybe he's the guy. It's a little bit situational for me, but if you take the situation out of it and just flat out ask me to pick one of the two, just because of the age and uh, the proverbial upside, I would probably go with uh, Jameis. And, uh, you know, I, so I'm not fundamentally in disagreement with that. It, I think it's just we are seeing the two QBs uh, from slightly different lens. Mm. Where I agree with you wholeheartedly, though, is the fact, or, uh, you know, you kind of alluded to it in your earlier comment around Jameis sitting behind Ben for a year or two. Uh, I think that's where it becomes a little difficult as far as teams looking at Cam is concerned. I don't think Cam is the kind of personality, right? Or you know, with the kind of you know past accolades, I'm you know pretty sure he's not going to be happy being a backup, right? So You're right. Not going to sign with teams where there is an established QB already. Uh, so that's going to be a big problem in teams even looking at him because uh, they, they they probably know that he's not going to sign sign with anyone who's not going to put him as the unquestioned uh, uh, starter. You're right. I think I think um, maybe we are kind of converging on a consensus here. Uh, basically, if it's like teams like Pats or even Chargers, I totally think they should go after Cam. But I'd be a lot more comfortable with Jameis with pretty much most of the other situations, right? Whether it's the Redskins or... Even, you know, there's some rumors about the Jets being interested in him, I, I, which is neither here nor there for me. But definitely uh, the Steelers and things like that. Because James, I feel like, is something there. But um, uh, let's see where they end up. But it is, I agree with you, it's pretty head-scratching that uh, neither of them is... Uh, there's not even a lot of rumors or a serious interest, it looks yeah. like, in them. <laughs> And the teams that you mentioned, the Chargers, the Jets, I think of, the, or the Redskins, even the Broncos. I mean, we're looking at, uh, you know, you ask, you you do a poll of fifty people who know something about football. Uh, you you would bet that uh, most of them would choose Cam or James over the incumbents there. Right, right. That's uh, that's a uh, scratcher for sure. Uh... Anyways, before we uh, wrap up, uh, obviously, we don't have a whole lot to talk about sports, unfortunately, these days. Uh, I just wanted to give a very early preview of uh, the fantasy world, uh, Ravi, which is really near and dear to the heart of uh, this podcast. Anyways, um, I want us to rank the top five QBs. 
for uh, 2020 as we stand here. Obviously, a lot will change between now and, uh, you know, the start of the season. You know, there is still a real NFL draft to happen. And I'm sure receivers will come in and really improve the uh, prospects for some of these QBs. But as we sit here in, what, this is mid-April, I want us to take a stab at ranking the top five quarterback uh, prospects for the 2020 NFL uh, fantasy season. Are you ready? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's alternate. Uh, as in, you know, I'll give you my first and then you give yours and things like that. So obviously the f- top pick is going to be either Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. Both of them are just tremendous fantasy assets. Um among the two, uh, I'm definitely going with Mahomes. Uh, I feel like as great as Lamar was uh, last year, I feel like Mahomes is going to be right there, if not better than him. And Mah- uh, Lamar basically is also a little bit of a, for a lack of a better term, a system quarterback, a really, really elite system quarterback. But still, I feel like if the defenses adjust to him, little bit, um, he may take a step back. Mahomes, on the other hand, I don't think there's any defense for that guy. Uh, yes. I, I think they can bring the, you know, the 83 or 84 Bears or whatever that team is and mix them with the 2000 Ravens. and It doesn't matter. He's going to put up solid numbers. So my one is Mahomes. And obviously, I might as well give you the two as well, which is Lamar. I guess those two are uh, so close. How about you? So, uh, I'm in complete agreement with you. I mean, I would have gone with Mahomes as number one as well, given the fact that to me, he's the surest thing that's that's out there. And we've seen it in the last two seasons. With Lamar Jackson, as you said, much as the freakish stats he put up last year, the only thing that makes me slightly nervous mm-hmm. is that the past few examples of a quarterback trailblazing his way to a you know, to an uber studly uh, fantasy season, which was largely due to not just his throwing skills, but also his rushing skills. Uh, the following year, yeah. to, that, to that great year, was not as good, was not even half as good because defenses, I feel, over the offseason, figure out ways to stop a rushing QB. Mm-hmm. Not to make him completely important, but at least to reduce his, uh, you know, his, 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 his abilities. We saw this with uh, Michael Wick back in the day, you know, his season following that crazy good season. He was, in fact, the consensus number one fantasy pick, not just QB, but number one consensus fantasy pick and wasn't even a top seven QB that year. And then Cam, the same thing happened a few years ago. And then even for a couple of years, I felt the same happened with Russell Wilson. But then he ended up being too smart and figured out other ways where, you know, Russell Wilson the last couple of years has been much more of a, you know, a passing TD machine yeah. versus scoring scoring much with his uh, legs. So, to me, there is a regression uh, season that potentially could be had as far as Lamar is concerned. So, that's why, to me, the safer pick would have been Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. And as a result, Lamar Jackson, though, is a very more than a safe number two for Cool. We agree on that. How about uh, three for you? So three. Okay. So 
I know that, uh, and thanks for pointing me out to Fantasy Pros' uh, consensus uh, early look. And I know that Russell Wilson is right there as number three. And I am kind of going off the ledger here, a little bit here. And going back to the uh, Deshaun Watson bandwagon. Oh. You know, he's someone that uh, since the time that he took over mid-season, what was it, two seasons ago, on a per game basis, he's been putting up top three QB stats uh, pretty much every time. And I feel, as you correctly pointed out, that a big reason for his dip from the top five has been due to the fact that he's lost Hopkins. But I still feel that if he does have uh, Fuller, Brandon Cooks, potentially some 80% version of the Green Bay Packers Randall Cobb, covered <laughs> with you know, the 2017 version of David Johnson. To me, there is scope here for Deshaun Watson to kind of be back in the saddle as a top three QB. Uh, at least it's not without, uh, not not with any more degree of uncertainty that you find in a Russell Wilson or a Kyler Murray or a Dak Prescott. So to me, Deshaun Watson is my kind of slightly nervy number three here. Interesting. So I... I have uh, I was expecting Watson at this spot and I thought I'm not going to be uh, picking him at that spot but it turns out a lot of the consensus ranking has them lower even though you seem to like him better I I have always been a little less than uh, uh, excited about him as a fantasy quarterback I think he's incredibly talented but I feel like he has been kind of inconsistent at times. So I'm perfectly comfortable uh, leaving him out of the top five, actually. So we differ there. Uh, I would be rather boring here and go with the consensus ranking. And I think Russell Wilson is my number three. Uh, Watson, you know, you're right about all the talent he has around. But if the, any of those guys stay on the field right um they are all injury prone and i can see him playing a few games with none of those three and by that i mean fuller and uh cooks and uh, uh randall cobb on the field and it's going to be really interesting what they do in those uh, scenarios so to me number three is uh wilson and Ravi, quite frankly, I was not expecting to see Kyler Murray this high, but then I saw him in the list and I got really excited as you and me being a Cardinals fan. So I'm perfectly fine with uh, Kyler at 4-2 and I'm really excited. And in fact, I would be surprised if Kyler and Russell Wilson swap spots at the end of this all. So I will go with uh, Kyler at number four. How about you? Okay, so Kyler is my number four as well, uh, because for the same reasons I pointed out, which would make uh, Deshaun Watson a potential uh, top three, uh, which was, you know, getting uh, rejuvenated David Johnson and getting Cooks back. To me, if one were to apply the difference in skill level around him, uh, Kyler takes a huge leap up with DeAndre Hopkins and I think we spoke about this last uh, uh, during the last podcast that to me DeAndre Hopkins in the last four or five years has been the biggest QB elevator there has been 
yeah. his ability not just to make any and every type of catch, but to make most, if not all, of those fifty-fifty balls, uh, you know, uh, into into worthwhile yards. Uh, and Kaiser, uh, Kyler that way, I think gains a lot from that. I think Kyler also gains from Cliff Kingsbury's offense more than any other QB year one to year two from any other coach QB combination. Uh, so to me, yeah, Kyler, I'm you know on a biased way, super excited to see the Cardinals do what I hope they do this year. But along with it, Kyler kind of performing as a top four QB. Great. So uh, who is your five? I've, I had trouble with the fifth spot, but who is yours? So mine is, uh, then you can't like, and I can't be stupid enough to keep uh, <laughs> pulling down Russell Wilson beyond number five. I, mean, I think that guy is just incredible. I mean, it's insane. The only reason, by the way, that uh, I, you know, was okay uh, kind of dropping, quote-unquote dropping him to number five is, again, as happens every year, I'm not sure what kind of weapons he's going to have. Uh, not that it has mattered at any point of time in the last several years, but again, you know, you go with a certain state of mind and mine has always been Russell Wilson with Russell Wilson. You don't really know who's going to be wide receiver for him, who's going to play running back. So that's my only thing. Otherwise, I mean, it, no, no doubting his talent, his skill set, his pedigree. So he'll be number five. Cool. So mine, I had a little bit of a difficulty with this. Like I said, a lot of the rankings have uh, Prescott or uh, Deshaun Watson uh, surprisingly, Josh Allen is pretty high too. Uh, not uh, necessarily a top five, but he's hanging around like four through eight or something, depending on the ranking. And of course, you have the usual suspects, you know, Drew Brees, Rogers, Ryan, Matt Ryan, and of course, Brady a little lower. Uh, looking at all these guys, I'm, I'm going to go actually with uh, uh, Josh Allen. Um, I had a good uh, year with him at the quarterback. Of course, that's a different situation. I got him uh, as a bargain lower in the draft. Maybe I'm a little biased here, but basically I think they're going to unleash him a little bit more. And he takes uh, a lot of risks. And that's typically not great for a NFL quarterback, but I don't mind it for fantasy. Uh, you know, a few touchdowns here, a few interceptions there. Uh, I think I can live with that. So I expect him to take another step forward and I reluctantly put him at five just ahead of uh, Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott. So that's my ranking. So basically I'm saying Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray and jo uh, Josh Allen. Uh, you're saying Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray and uh, Russell Wilson. Right? That's the... Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. And uh, I agree with everything you said about Josh Allen. And that's the reason why I would have him as my number six. So I think we are more or less aligned on our rankings. Cool. All right. With that, uh, let's wrap this one up. And hopefully we can do another one and uh, keep ourselves and uh, listeners entertained during these uh, quarantine times. Uh, Absolutely, Evan. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining Ravi and I uh, hope to talk to you soon again. Bye. Likewise, stay safe and uh, yeah, to everyone out there, stay safe and stay healthy. Talk to you soon. Hey, 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 hey.